blessings of the covenant of marriage this morning, this being Father's Day. God has given us so much in His Word. Father, I just want to thank you. Just speak today, Spirit of the living God. Lord, you are the teacher. You are the preacher. You are the one that gives revelation. It comes from you. All of it comes from you. Help us to be the people that you've called us to be. You said you didn't choose me. I chose you and I ordained you. And Lord, you've ordained us to bear fruit. And we thank you, Lord, that you're here today. Because your word said, where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst of them. Speak to us, Master, in Jesus' name. Amen. In Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, uh, the word of God says this, And this is the second thing you do. Well, God really was accusing the people of Israel, his people, especially the men, husbands, fathers. He says, and this is the second thing that you do. The first thing we're not going into today, but this is the second thing you do. Cover the altar of the Lord with tears. For us, that would be a good thing. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. And this is what you're saying. This is the problem. So he does not regard the offering anymore. I'm giving my offering and God is not regarding it anymore, nor receiving it with goodwill from my hands or your hands. God says, you're complaining, you're weeping at the altar and there is a reason for it. So you're crying. So you're weeping. Because he's not regarding your offering. That, that's the key thing there. Every time you give an offering to the Lord, he regards it. And there's got to be a, an outcome for it. He's going to bless you. And if the blessing is not, come, it's not coming and you're giving it, and God is not blessing, then something is really wrong. For us, we just say, well, maybe God is waiting for some time. No, the Jews were not doing that. The fathers were going back to God and saying, what is wrong? Why are we not being blessed for giving? So he does not regard the offerings, the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from you, your hand. How could they know it? Was God talking to them? Possibly not. But they could tell from what's going on in their lives. And we should be aware of it. Don't be ignorant of these things. Don't just stay there and do nothing. Because when you give an offering to the Lord, not to the church, but to the Lord, as you bring it to the church, but to the Lord, He regards it. And if He regards it with goodwill, the blessing will come to you. And if it's not coming to you, don't just sit there and ignore it. Go to Him. What's going on? And He'll let you know. But that's not the message this morning. Amen? He said, yet you say, for what reason? They want to know what reason. That's why they were crying. He says, because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth. The Lord was a witness from the very beginning. And he stays in your life and your family as a witness. He knows what's going on in the home. And you can be making all your sacrifices. If you're not doing things right in your home. Nowhere. You're not going anywhere with him. That's what he's saying. Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. 
Yet she is your companion. And your wife by covenant. See, God is a covenant God. He won't do anything with any man on the earth without a covenant. Jesus didn't just die on the cross to save the world. That was a covenant card. You don't get saved and have an intimate relationship with God without a covenant. It's been from the, from the beginning. It's always a covenant between, since the fall has to be a covenant. And God instituted the marriage covenant himself. Because he's saying no relationship can be between a man and a woman without a covenant. It's unacceptable. You can't have intimacy with a woman or a man, the case may be, without the covenant in place. It will be illegal. And God doesn't want it. That's a monster. Can never be. And when you don't keep the terms of the covenant that you are in, everything in your home goes to pieces. Your life goes to pieces. That's what he's saying. Your wife is your companion. Fathers, husband, she is not less. She is your companion. I know, you know, we talk about men, uh, women submitting to the husband. That's good. Love your wife. That's good. But your wife is your companion. Your companion is one who is equal to you, right? Your friend, so to speak. And this is even more than that. She's, God says it's not, she's not only your companion. She is the wife of the covenant that you have between yourselves. And that's her role. She's the wife and you are the husband in this covenant. And if anything goes amiss, awry in that particular covenant, the home will suffer. Everybody in that home will suffer. And I believe that's why the Bible says in, in Peter, Peter wrote that, husbands, he says for husbands to live with their wives according to knowledge. So your prayers will not be hindered. If you don't, it's not sinning against them. It's not like people say, well, we are not in good terms. God is, he said, God is not going to answer your prayer no, anymore. Not the, that's not the point. Your prayers will be hindered. It's not God is not going to answer. Your prayers are hindered because you are not living in good terms of the covenant, you know, that you have between yourself. It's so important. You cut off yourself from the life of God and the blessings in your family. Now, I'd like to let you know this, that there is a huge blessing. The title of the message is The Blessings of the Covenant of Marriage. You know, I, I, when, you, when you go to a marriage, uh, a wedding uh, ceremony, usually here in the tradition, you know, they say all this stuff, but for better or for worse, for rich, for poor, and in sickness, and in health. I hate those words. They should never be spoken. And I'm going to share with you why I believe that. 
they should never be a part of a covenant between a husband and wife. It should never be spoken. He should, you should never accept it. And I believe that if that's what was spoken over, you renounce it. Because God never intended marriage to go worse in any way. That's the truth. When he instituted this, when he put this institution together, it was for the good of the family. Read the word and don't go against the word. God said it is not good for a man to be alone. So if it's not good, he's not expecting it to go worse or better, you know, bad. He's expecting it to get better. And God hasn't changed his mind from the beginning. It remains the same. So that's really unacceptable. And I'm going to share with you from the word. Uh, it says in Genesis 2 verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. So once you add the other fellow, it gets better. Right? If it was good, it should get better. That was God's original intent. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change his mind. For marriage, he wants it to be good, better, and for best. Not that if there is anything evil coming into your marriage, guess who is doing it? It's not God. It's the enemy. And I don't want to bring the enemy into my marriage covenant by speaking those words on the day of my marriage. You've sown the seed for your for future trouble. I know it's humility to say that because we don't know the future and we believe that we should bear with one another. But there are other scriptures for that. Amen? We can talk about that. You know, how to work with one another. But that's not what marriage is all about. God's original intent was not for it to go bad. If you bring the enemy in, that's when it will go bad. If you break the terms of the covenant, that's when it will go bad. But it has nothing to do with God's mind concerning your marriage. You go right, things will go right. So God says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. A helper comparable to him. So both of them are equal. You can compare them and they are about the same. So you, you as a wife coming in is to help the home. The man is the head, but your duty is to help the home become what God originally created the home to be. So you coming in, he was trying to make it better. You come in and with two of you, it gets better. That's the truth. He should get better. If he doesn't get better, the enemy, you open the door, the enemy came in. Kick him out. Amen? Am I making sense? Now, now look, at, look, God was very involved in this institution. When he created Adam, all he did was just gather dust. And he made Adam out of the dust. But when he created Eve, it was a different thing. He put the guy to sleep. And God fashioned the woman. And I'm going to read the scripture here in verse 21 and 22. It says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Well, God was doing some surgery here. I'm sure there was blood, right? Maybe not. I don't know. But I would believe there was blood. They healed it instantly. It's a covenant here. Amen? 
Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. Notice the, how delicate this person is, was supposed to be. you right. God fashioned from the rib. I mean, that says, if you read, that says God was, he came down from heaven and was actively working with his hand to create this union. It's very, this is a very important union. That's why if you go against the union, you break the union, God is not happy about it. He was actively involved in this time. And then he brought the woman to the man. Put them together. This is the highest of all institutions on the earth. No wonder the devil hates it so much. And wants to destroy it. From day one. You heard people say, well, we were doing okay when we were living together. But from the day we tied the knot, everything went crazy. Have you ever heard that? Anyone's heard that? Yeah. You know why? Enemy doesn't like this. Because the relationship is not just horizontal. Husband and wife and children. It's vertical also. It has to do with God himself. He's a part of this covenant. And so when you break the covenant or bring someone else into the covenant, God says you've created a monster. And I don't like what I see. And then all kinds of troubles come into the home. So it was meant for good. Look at these scriptures. Proverbs 18 verse 22. He who finds a wife, what? Finds a good thing. And obtains favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife, finds a good thing. And obtains favor from the Lord. Now if you obtain favor from the Lord. If you find a wife and you get married. This is going to bring good into your life. Right? After I met Angela and I got married. I, was, I went to the Lord and I said God where is the good? I want the favor. I need that favor right now. <laughs> now I qualify for the favor. Before now I didn't qualify. But now see. Did you notice I was at the altar. I didn't say all of these words, but that was what I was thinking. I, I was at the altar. I'm married now. I need the favor. I need the favor. You see, God cannot lie. If you ignore these scriptures, the scripture will ignore you because the word is God, right? You stay with the scripture and says, God, where is the favor? So, well, we've been married for so many years. There's no need to do that. Who told you that? The day you discover the truth, you can start doing your battle with the Lord. Where is the favor? I need the favor. So marriage was meant for good. And uh, look at this. In Proverbs 31 verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Who can find one? So the marriage covenant brings in good. Notice when God says who can find, that means you really don't have the ability to really find that virtuous woman. You need his help. You need his help. I know Christians just run around and looking for whoever they feel good, you know, these men, you know. I, I like this woman. She looks good. She looks good. I love her eyes. <laughs> you don't even think. <laughs> 
You need Him to give you one. And if you get that one, that one that God has prepared for you, and you decide to keep that marriage in covenant with God, and you and your wife, there's nothing that will stop the blessings of God flowing into your family. Because it's not like she's going to bring all the wealth into your home. It's as a result of her presence in your home because she's such a virtuous woman, you got even more than rubies. We read scriptures, we just go through them. But these days, I just don't go through them anymore just like that. They are special to me, and I stay with them, and I'm asking the Lord more. My home is blessed because of my wife coming in there, and it's truly blessed. We are having a great time as a family, and with the kids as well. I said some time ago, keep the level of conflict in your home really down. Because as long as there is conflict in the home, God can't come in there. He is not the author of confusion. You got confusion in your home, He's not coming in there. You got another master in the home. And what the master will bring is what you receive Him. No wonder things are going bad. Now, it doesn't mean that if things are going bad, God is not, you're not doing right by your marriage. It could be there is a door that was open and the enemy came in. Now you're doing right. Use the scriptures and fight the enemy. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. Fight the enemy. I am doing right by the word according to what I know. And what's happening is not according to the word. This got to change. Bring forth your strong arguments before God. And guess what? Things will change. It may not change overnight, but it will change. I still have some time. Amen. Why marriage? Why some marriages? A lot of marriages not having a, it's not been fun in many homes. You know. Sometimes it's the kids' problem. Sometimes it's husband and wife. You know, why is that? I believe that a great part of the problem is the Word of God is absent in the home. The Word of God is absent in the home. The Word of God is not taking preeminence in the home. So it shows in the attitudes. It shows in what's going on in the home. Because when the word is in the home, remember what Jesus said. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh profits nothing. You can't achieve anything. Profits nothing means it won't profit you in any way. It's the spirit that gives life. So life that he came to bring in abundance is only the spirit that can give life to it. Now, if you bring in the word of God into your home, that word comes in with a lot of treasure. The word is treasure. That's what Jesus said to Martha. Martha, Martha, you are so worried about a lot of things. Mary has chosen that good part. The good part, she was sitting and getting the word. And Jesus said, that's not going to be taken away from her. Now look at what the scripture says. Isaiah chapter 34 verse 16. Search from the book of the Lord. And read. This is a commandment. Do you do that? 
Search from the book of the Lord. This is the Bible telling you this. This is the book of the Lord. If you search from the book of the Lord and read, not one of these shall fail. Not one of the promises, the, the things that you, you search and obtain from the word. God is saying, not one will fail. Not a single one will fail. Not one shall lack her mate. You wonder, what, do, what has the world got to have in a mate? Right? The word of God, none will lack her mate. Now, ladies, people that are not married, they're looking for mate. If you're not having one, maybe you're searching in the wrong places. You know, like these days, Christians go for stuff on the internet, you know, and looking for people to pair up people. You may get a mate, it won't be the mate that God wants for you. This is where to get the mate. You won't lack one. If you want one, the word will bring it to you. That's what the scripture says. Not one will lack a mate. And God says, for my mouth has commended it. Everything that you read in the scripture, God has commended. And his spirit has gathered them. Everything that you read from the scriptures is the spirit of God that's going to bring them to you. Because the word and the spirit, they're here with us. So when the word is absent in the home, and the word is not taking preeminence in your home, husbands, you're not allowing that to be part of your home. It's only when you feel like it, only when you feel like it, that you go for the word, you've opened the door. You don't have anything that God will confirm in your life. Your marriage will not be whole. It will reflect in the kids. So if your marriage is in trouble, don't go. It's okay to seek counselors. But he is the counselor. This is the counsel. Search the word. None of it will fail. Husbands, that's your responsibility. Fathers, for your children, that's your responsibility. If things are not going well, don't look to your wife. You are the head, right? We like to say, submit to me. I am the head of the home. And I say, well, the wife is the neck. And she turns you wherever you want, you want to go. She has more power. Amen. But it's your responsibility to take the word and begin to search. I want to talk about why Satan hates the home, marriage, so much. Malachi 2 verse uh, 15. Notice this is drawing from, we started with Malachi chapter 2 verse 13 and 14. And God said in that, in verse 14, yet you say for what reason, because the Lord has been witness between you and your wife, the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. And he says, yet she is your companion and your wife, uh, your wife by covenant. And then in verse 15, he says, but 
Did he not make them one, husband and wife? But did he not make them one, husband and wife, having a remnant of the Spirit? You see, your marriage is a remnant of the Spirit of God here on earth. So important. He made you and your wife one to have a remnant of the spirit. And look at the spirit. It's not small letters. Spirit, you know, human spirit. The spirit of God. Your marriage has something to do with what the spirit of God is doing here on the earth. So that's why Satan hates the home and attacks the home. And any father that doesn't have that understanding, you've just opened the door for the enemy to destroy your family. We seek God. You, this is the reason God was angry with the fathers in, in Malachi. He says, look, you are being treacherous to your wife. And look, you have robbed me of this thing that I'm doing on the earth. Your family is a remnant of the spirit on the earth. My spirit on the earth. He made you one, husband and wife, to be one on the earth as a remnant of God's spirit. And then he says, and why one? Why one remnant? Why one? He made you one to be remnant of the spirit on the earth. He says, and why one? That he seeks that he might have godly offsprings. He wants godly offsprings. That's God's desire. On the earth. And so you as a believer, you as a husband, and you're working together, husband and wife in the home, he is seeking from you godly offsprings. And when you're treasurers to your wife, you're not doing well in the home, you're constantly fighting, things are down, uh, uh, then you frustrate him. And you frustrate his will. And he's not going to be well. He says, therefore, take heed to your spirit. Not the spirit of God now, but your spirit. Because that's what's fighting. The spirit of God. Take heed to your spirit. And let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. So he gives you everything that he's looking for. So when you don't act well by your wife, you really frustrate God. You make him mad. Because he's looking for godly offspring. And the way you're going, he's not going to have one. So he's not happy with what's going on. He moves away and the devil moves in. We got trouble. You know, the word treasurers means to be disloyal. And I say back two ways, not just the husband, but with this is Father's Day. Disloyal, unfaithful, double-crossing, underhanded, two-faced. To make life unsafe for your wife in the home. Yelling and screaming at her. She's so worried, scared. You show up, everybody's scared. Abusing her both verbally. And physically, justifying, justifying it sometimes, using scriptures. <laughs> this is wasting your time. Those things cannot go. And look, your kids are watching. 
I read some wise men said, one good example for your kid is much is what's more than a thousand scriptures that you share with them and make them memorize. They're watching your example. It's so important. You can't be yelling at your wife or you yelling at your husband and fighting in the home and all of that. The conflict is way up and raise godly offsprings for the Lord. That's exactly what they'll do when they get married. You can't do it. And if you've been doing it, you really need to repent. And turn around and do what is right. You can't be two-faced. You can't hide things from one another. I'm not speaking of people here. You can have a girlfriend. Or even be having a desire to be with this woman. And the only thing that's stopping you, you're afraid you might get cut. Or maybe the woman won't be willing. And if she's not willing, she'll spread the news. But he's there in your heart. You're being treacherous. And God is very angry with what's going on. He sees it. You must, not, you must be the same way at church and at home. If you want to yell, yell at home. Right? But also yell in the church when the situation is the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be the same person. I mean, if you justify, you justify. No one is going to come at you for it. But be the same. But now, if you allow the kids to see a different person at home, with your wife, and then when then what they see at church, because you have your hands around her, and being very loving in church, doing all of that stuff, but then you get home and you are a mean fellow, the kids are scared of you, but that's not going to work. They know. You can't raise godly offsprings for the Lord doing things like that. You really cannot do it. I yell at my kids. And I tell you, I will yell at them in the parking lot if they're doing something that I don't like. That's the truth. They know it. You want to say pastor loses religion is when these kids do bad, I lose. I get really angry. You cannot do that. And more so, you are PK. <laughs> Put the pressure down. But be consistent. Let them see that you truly love your God. You raise a godly offspring. Satan hates it. And if you're inclined to do things like that, you know, you've allowed the enemy into your life. And you are being treacherous. You can't hide things from your wife. I do hide some things from my wife. (laughs) But... Who said that? (laughs) Like walking with somebody and say, I don't want you to tell anybody about this. She won't know about it. And I don't tell anybody. But things concerning the home. You understand? It's not a malice. It's not something between my wife. It's just I'm listening to the one who talked to me. And once you tell me that, it stays with me. I don't go anywhere with it. But I don't keep any secrets. She should know what I have. The bank account should be the same. Everything should be the same. I should know what's going on. She should know what I have, what I'm doing, everything. 
And if some way in your heart you decide, I'm going to keep this because I don't want her to know. Because if she knows, she's not going to. Guess what? You become treacherous. And God says, I don't like that. He says it. Cannot be the same way between husband and wife. That's what the Bible says. Then I mean, I have a lot to say this Sunday. Genesis chapter 2, 24, 25. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both, both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, you know what that means to me today? Open. There is no secret. You're naked to one another. You understand? There is no secret. Now, when you start having secret... Oof, guess what? You've opened the door to an enemy. If a, hus- if a girl walks up to you, father, husband, and says, Oh, I really like you. Yeah, just because uh, you're married. But I really like you. When you get back home, tell your wife. <laughs> this girl says that. Now it's no longer secret, you know? You know she knows. And tell the woman, I told my wife what you said. You did what? I told my wife you said that. Guess what? She'll stay away from you, right? You're out of trouble. But keep it. But keep it in your heart and nurse it. You'll get into trouble. And at the time you start nursing it, you have become treacherous to your wife. And God sees it. You are in for trouble. These things are principles we need to learn and live by. So important. We have to live by this. There is none of us here that is perfect. But when you know the truth, start walking in truth. And if you're doing something in secret, you really are, God will judge you immediately. You understand what I'm saying? Because He's going to give you time to turn away from it. But if you persist and decide this is my thing, you become treacherous and it's going to be a very difficult in this family in the future. And for the kids also. We don't realize that what we do affects generations to come. And if you realize that, you will be cognizant of the things that you're doing. I love scriptures that talk about the future of my kids. I stay with them. And the kids of our church, all of them. They are so important to me. All of them. I carry those kids in my heart. I don't know all of them, but the kids of the Ark Fellowship right here. And I pray for them all the time. It's so important. Two better than one. Satan knows this. Let me show you. Satan never showed up in the garden when Adam was alone. Did he? Did he? He showed up when there were two of them there. And he knew what God was about to do. So he showed up. And caused the trouble. So every time you have a marriage, the enemy shows up. But then notice what Jesus did when he arrived here. Where did he do his first miracle? At a wedding. Very important. Both to God. And to the devil. So everything we do concerning marriage is so important. If two shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask, he shall be done of my father. So what the enemy does is fight it. That's why the Bible says, live with your wife according to knowledge. 
See, so that your prayer will not be hindered. The knowledge is that when you are two together, there is so much power with God. And God can do so much in the home and bless the home if you are in agreement. And you keep the level of conflict. We have conflict. Somebody, when we were at our church newly, some people asked, Pastor, do you ever have a fight with Angela? I said, no, I am already dead and buried. Because if you are alive as a man, a wife, you have fights, right? But keep the level of conflict down and reconcile quickly. If it's possible, let there be no arguments in the home. I'm really disturbed when I hear a minister, and I've heard, a minister say, we have not had an argument in our home in many years, decades. And I'm saying, huh? Well, if he's lying, how come God is doing all this stuff, you know, in his life? He's telling the truth, and he's saying it with a lot of confidence. Why can't I be that? And look at the blessings that showed up in in his life. Amen? I have a lot to say to you today. But I know the Spirit of God has more to say to your heart. And I pray that He speaks even more than what I've spoken to you. But don't be just hearers of the Word. But be doers of the Word. Do what is right. Amen? Would you bow your head with me this morning? Husbands and wives right here. Please stand up. Stand up. Let me say this. You can't really put a marriage together unless, unless, unless you have a relationship with the Lord. Can you ba- please bow your head and close your eyes? Do we have some here today that want to make things right with God? You want to make things right with God. I, I need everyone to be up, stand, if you, unless you cannot stand. I need you to stand before the Lord this morning. Do we have some here that, that want to make things right with God? You feel like things are not right between you and the Lord, but you would like to make that, you want to make things right between you and God. Maybe you are a believer, but you know some of these things are curtain to you this morning because you haven't been doing things right but you want to do things right this morning you want to do what is right before the Lord if that's you may I see your hand up quickly put it up and put it back down thank you so much thank you let's pray Father in Jesus name I bless your people Lord there's going to be a change Lord you will help us to raise godly offspring unto our God your spirit lives with us we are not alone you said you will not leave us alone and Lord in the name of Jesus I bless your people and especially married couples that are here before you today that the activities of the enemy in their homes will cease from this very moment in the name of Jesus Lord, that we will experience your goodness according to your word because you cannot lie. We have been blessed. We cannot be cursed. There is no enchantment against Jacob. And you've turned our name from Jacob to Israel. We are now prince, prince and princesses with God. We thank you, Father, 
for your love for us. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.